Welcome to the WordPress Photography Podcast, the podcast for photographers who want to learn how to get the most out of WordPress to grow their photography business. You don't need to be a geek to understand WordPress. Settle back and listen as we show you how. Now, here's your host, Scott Wyden-Kivowitz. Welcome to episode 113. My name is Scott Wyden-Kivowitz, and today I'm joined by my guest, Rachel Branke. My friend Rachel is the head attorney and photographer behind the LawTog. You have probably heard of the LawTog, and if you haven't, well, why not? It's a legal resource for photographers, and as an MBA, business consultant, and multi-state licensed attorney, Rachel knows the ins and outs of what goes into uh, running a photography business and how to legally protect yourself. Not only does does Rachel have real-world photography uh, entrepreneurship experience, but she combines this with her intellectual property law and business knowledge to provide a one-stop resource to help protect your photography business. And as a mom of five, yes, you heard that right, an Army veteran spouse and a Team USA athlete because she's got nothing else to do but to compete... <laughs> She understands that life is busy and we don't have time to mess around. Um, and this is another mini series episode of our Pivot and Shift series. Um, and we are going to sort of pivot and shift this from the photographer standpoint to the legal photography standpoint um, because that is Rachel's specialty. So um, as you'll hear, she is not your attorney. That's her disclaimer. Um, but uh, Rachel, it's nice to see you again. You too, <laughs> man. Pandemic, pivot and shift. That is like the title slogan, I think, for 2020, pivot and shift. Oh, it's funny, yeah. you're doing this intro and I'm like, man, you need to do my intro for me everywhere. And that makes me <laughs> really impressive. <laughs> I'm excited yeah. to chat pandemic and legal stuff because it's been huge. I mean, we've been so busy at the Log Talk, putting out resources, you know, doing stuff like this, just trying to get the right information into photographers' hands because this is, and I hate this phrase, we've heard it a billion times, unprecedented times, right? But it's true, right. especially when it comes to legal. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're going to be digging into a bunch of uh, questions that I have. Okay. Um, but to get the ball rolling, can you share some of the general shifts that you've seen in the photo industry from your side? Specific to pandemic, Yes. Oh, man. Um, well, so I'm, I always try to look for a silver lining in all things. Mm -hmm. So with pandemic, <laughs> right. it has fueled many photographers to get their stuff together, to realize that their contracts, either they didn't have contracts or the ones that they had were not good enough. Um, oftentimes people with DIY think that's good or they won't use one or they'll get one, but then never update it, you know, in order to uh, capture the growth of their business. Cause that's the goal of business is to grow. And then when you have a problem, cause it's not if it's when, uh, I mean, even look at this, like we had no control over pandemic. And that is the, one of the big shifts I've seen is the mentality from, you know, I'm never going to pursue a client. So I don't care about contracts, which is not true. Cause I hear that all the time. People change their minds, but it's the shift in the mentality between, well, 
I'm probably not going to sue a client or enforce my contract um, at like a litigation type level to, oh my gosh, things can happen in the world that I have no control over and it does impact me and I'm not protected. And, you know, there's a variety of things within contracts that we'll dig in and talk about here, but that has been the big shift that I'm so proud of so many photographers taking this step. Um, it sucks that it took a pandemic for it to happen, but it's really going to set many photographers who have committed this time to going from reactive when pandemic started, all these cancellations, reschedules, to now really taking a more proactive approach, which is really yeah. what I've always taught as um, an attorney and as you know, a photographer, being an entrepreneur myself, I don't want to be in the reactive state all the time, especially when it comes to legal stuff. Right. Yeah. A, a good example of, of legal issues that have come up that I've personally witnessed is, um, so I, we have friends that uh, got married uh, two weeks ago and the wedding was supposed to be in uh, May, actually. And it was postponed until beginning of September. And it went from a 200 person wedding to a 20 person wedding. Mm -hmm. And in the process of rebuilding the whole wedding plan, uh, they had to go through the venue contract and the photographer contract and the videographer contract and the DJ contract to figure out what they can uh, reduce and change and, mm -hmm. and whatnot. So um, the venue legally, because of the, the state's laws, had to shrink the size. They, there was no choice about that. But they actually did refund a good chunk of the money that were, you know, what was going to be paid and did get paid and, um, and adjusted everything inside the wedding. The photographer went to from multiple photographers to one. Mm -hmm. The videographer, the contract was canceled. Mm -hmm. They were able to do that. And the DJ, because they wanted to live stream it for everybody who couldn't come, the DJ had videographers on hand that could handle that stuff. That's fine. So the DJ handled the video work instead of having a, an actual videographer. Mm -hmm. um, so the video stuff isn't going to be a cinematic wedding video that you might get these days. It's going to be more of a standard, you know, cameras fixed in place, but there was somebody managing it and live streaming it and doing all that stuff. So um, if contracts were not there, who knows what would have happened? It would have been a, an utter mess, right? Mm -hmm. um, and they're, they're actually their uh, honeymoon was, they did have a legal issue they had to go back and forth and fight with um, where their honeymoon was supposed to be Italy. And they, legally, they couldn't even fly to yeah, Italy. The go. United States won't allow it. So they had a fight with the... Um, I think not only the airline, but also the um, hotel or whatever they were staying at in Italy to cancel it all. Mm -hmm. And they wound up doing a week road trip to Maine instead and had a great time. But so, yeah, contracts, um, kind of important thing. <laughs> well, and that's the thing, not even in pandemic, it just is in life in general. Because, I mean, for here, yeah. we had the restrictions of venues. Um, they were either shut down, they were limited. And so... You know, there's many couples that have decided, well, if I have to go from 200 to 20, I don't want to do it at all. Or we have people like your friends who are kind with, you know, good with adjusting. And so there's such a variety of situations that came out of pandemic that I think are really good lessons for photographers to learn because these are still at the core of it. You may not have pandemic, but clients wanting to reschedule or not or cancel or change things. What you learn now in pandemic in dealing with that will carry over after pandemic. So now's a really good time to, when you're forced to essentially not work as much, which I know sucks because that directly impacts money. But it's a really good time to learn those lessons of like, how do you yeah. want to respond? Because 
the way that I always tell people, and it's exactly what you just outlined, is what do I do in this situation? Well, we start with legal first. Once you know what your legal position is, and so like in pandemic, that was what is this? What are the states allowing? You know, as far as venue restrictions, am I allowed to shoot at all? Then, and also your contract. Once you have that foundation, that's when you can then sit back and go what do I want for me and what do I want to offer customer service wise? Because one of the things with contracts is it's almost the minimum of what you can do. You can always go above and beyond it. You just can't take away from that. And I, I want you all to kind of shift and pivot your mind to look at contracts in that way that it creates a structure and set the expectations all in one place. So hopefully there's no miscommunications. It governs if there's an issue, but it's the minimum that you have to do. So once you have that foundation, then you can decide if you want to offer customer service. And, I, and I'm offering this here as a logical approach to it because I'm seeing in groups, you see such a variety of opinions. I mean, y'all, I'm in all the Facebook groups. I see y'all chatting and talking <laughs> legal stuff. And because it helps me to know what y'all need at the Law Talk. And I'm seeing a range of some people when they're receiving cancellations or reschedules from wedding. Well, let's take the example of like reschedules when you've paid a non-refundable retainer. And I probably completely blew your list of questions here. But, um, you know, <laughs> you'll have half of the group saying, no, you're allowed to keep it. You'll have the other half go and you should be a person and refund it. And for me, I mean, all I care about and my advice to y'all is know that foundation, uh, the legal foundation, what your place is, and then you can decide what's best for your business customer service wise. Fantastic. Yeah, you definitely blew some of my questions, but <laughs> it's okay because so um, uh, one of my questions was good, was going to be what would you tell photographers in this situation? And you're you're basically telling them, you know, mm -hmm. have the structures in place. Um, now, if only there was a place that somebody could go and, you know, easily get a nice template to as a starting point, you know, um, <laughs> plug, plug. Um, so, so yeah, uh, Rachel has a wide range of, of contract templates. Um, and it, is calling them a template the right terminology? Because that's how I look at it, but you may you may be using a different terminology. Yeah, I mean, I use the terminology template. You have to consider we draft them from not just a legal standpoint, which we do because it's on general contract principles. So it's fairly good bones across the United States. Um, but it's also from the approach of that I been an active photographer. So I know the type of questions. Right. I have a pulse on the industry. And so, yeah, right. template kind of doesn't do it justice because yeah. it also has that extra level. We're kind of unicorns, right? We have the legal side plus the active photographer and working knowledge side and can combine that. Um, and so we always, I use the word template because it's always best to obviously check for your state, which was super important during pandemic specifically because right. you have to look to very specific state regulations, not even just like what are the shutdown, what are the venue restrictions and all of that, all these orders that were flying everywhere, you know, that's all going to be state specific. And that's another error I've seen in groups is, well, people just say, what should I do? And it's like, hold on, we got to step back and see what are you even legally required to do by these orders. But another thing, even contracts themselves, there's some very specific things that can be heavily governed by, um, state, for example, like late fees, those are heavily regulated. And so you want to make sure that your contract's in place to not exceed that, um, or at least so you can max the amount of late fee that you could charge on a client if you needed to. 
where remember, minimum, you have it in there. So if you need to charge it, you don't have to, you can always waive it for customer service, but you have to have it in there in order to do it. But it also has to be in line with state law. And so that's that's one of those things we say template because we still want you to make sure that you plug and play. We have all the stuff in there, the bones are in there. You just need to make sure that what you're filling in is gonna be applicable to your state. Right, and so somebody buys a, a template from you um, and now they have this general um, this general contract, but they need to 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 really, really specify it to their business and to their their state, their location, wherever they are in the world. Um, do they hire a local lawyer or do is there somebody on your team that they can hire to do that for them? Yeah, so to, we- to really to to, to get to get it even more specific to them. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Because that's the thing. Even though we like we worked with a lot of photographers, everyone's business is different. Even within the templates, it's like a create your own story. If you do in-person sales, there's a section you put in for that. If you only do online right. gallery sales, that kind of stuff. So we really try to cover as much as possible. But to your point, yeah, you would have to look locally. Um, I have my firm, which is separate from the Law Talk, Eden Law. And we are, this is something I've been trying for years to try to serve um, the photography industry is really get counsel that work with me so they understand the photography industry you're seeing the theme here like we are in a very unique type of industry so to answer your question you can look locally but i would recommend like checking out to see who we have that already knows photography industry see if we can do your state if we can't i'll see if i can try to get a referral for you or else see who else in your local area photographer wise that could recommend you to an attorney it's just it yeah. is super important you find somebody that has intellectual property knowledge because we're different from other businesses in that we sell photographs which is intellectual property right. and yeah. that's beyond this episode like i think that you know, there's a whole host yeah. of copyright issues there so just make sure you're really being clear on who you're using and the reason i'm harping on this is because i've seen a lot of messes that we've ended up cleaning up because people think anybody not just photographers think going to a lawyer is good enough and that's not always you might get a decent contract but not really one that will serve you and serve your clients yeah so just to uh specify a little bit on eden law so um Eden Law is, is your law firm. Mm-hmm. You are a multi-state licensed attorney, so you you know the law for a lot of a lot of states outside of where you specifically are. Mm-hmm. But Eden Law, you have other attorneys who are also licensed. Yes. So, um, if you had to just off the top of your head take a guess of how many states do you, do you think between you and your other attorneys? Um, how many states do you think you have covered? Just I think we have 14 and we're about to add four more. My goal is to get all 50, but what we did right. is we dug into um, the Law Talk audience and all the requests that we were getting. And we started with right. the most popular states, so like Texas, California, nice. Florida, um, New York, um, and that kind of stuff. We kind of went down the path. So some of the less popular states, it'll probably be a while before we get somebody, but I can, I still have networks, so I could still try to find someone right. even though right. they wouldn't be with us. Great. Do you have a, a map feature on your, on the Eden law site that, uh, you can click on your state and t- tells you who, which attorney in your office, uh, no, I, I don't have a map. We do have all of their pictures <laughs> and where they're licensed, but I, I'm sure that I could convince a web friend of mine to help me to get a map <laughs> on there. <laughs> it would be pretty cool. I, you know, I was thinking about it. It's kind of like a, um, there's a there's a Trader Joe's opening literally like around the block from me. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I think the end of next week it opens, and every day I'm going to the Trader Joe's website, clicking on New Jersey, seeing that one, seeing it, when is the date going to show when it's open. <laughs> so anyway. Um, 
So um, you're not actively doing photography right now. You're still in the photo industry. You're still working with photographers on a daily basis. How has your business um, been impacted from, you know, the 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 law side of things? Mm-hmm. Um, how has your uh, how has your business been impacted, and what did you do to adapt to the change? I think, if I recall, you you started another brand, um, right? Recently, <laughs> yeah, when am I not? <laughs> Right. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, actually, I do still do a lot of business consulting, and with that has commercial photography add-ons. That has been primarily at a halt during pandemic for multiple reasons. One, I'm high risk and didn't really want to be going out to locations to do that, or offices were shut right. down. And then, t- and also. <laughs> teaching from home. My kids are learning from home and that's a whole nother thing. (laughs) But also because the legal side has been so busy. It's funny you asked this question because I was thinking about that this morning that all of this goes in waves. And I was thinking I'm normally used to there being a pop in the fall of business consulting and photography just because people are starting to think about the beginning of the year. And I was debating, am I going to see that pop for that? Uh, just because of pandemic. So we'll see. But yeah, legal has been, we've been the busiest we've been for many of the reasons we identify. People are realizing that they need to get their stuff together um, or they're actually having issues. And those are pretty about 50-50 when it comes to the contract side. Copyright infringement's always huge. That's always happening. That's the biggest thing that we do at the law firm since we work with photographers so much. But yeah, um, law has been so busy. And the good thing is I had already structured many of my businesses uh, very virtual. And so while all my legal counterparts were running around like chickens with their head cut off, we just closed our front door of our physical office that we have downtown. And we already had all our infrastructure in our laptop. Like we already had facilitated this work flexible, work when you can type of mentality in our business, which I also carry over into like photography and all that sort of stuff. And so we didn't really feel a big crunch of that. Since we do a lot of federal copyright work with many of you photographers, we don't even see you anyway. So our office is really just to meet bar requirements. Um, We really meet by video like this. Right, right. Yeah, a lot of uh, litigation these days and um, and whatnot are, are being done through Zoom calls mm-hmm. and um, yeah, that it's a it's, it's an interesting world. Um, you you have you have five kids at home that mm-hmm. are uh, doing homeschooling basically virtually, mm-hmm. and um, I'm assuming. Um, your husband's also not going into the office. He's also at home. He's most also of the time. at home, but we're yeah. still like he's on calls all day. I'm doing stuff like this. And, like we actually yeah. don't have someone helping this morning, so I'm yeah. listening right now, like making sure the yeah. kids aren't killing each other. Which you know, right. they're they're pretty good. Um, yeah. It's we were talking on before we got on here that I'm really enjoying this opportunity. As frustrating as trying to run your businesses and seeing a decline in areas, I hear y'all trying to look at the silver lining and take the opportunity if you can you know like we're trying to do weekend trips with the kids or even during the week while they can still do virtual stuff on the road just because it's so easy to fall into the trap of business and i try to stay outwardly all the time if you follow me on social media besides the legal stuff is that busyness is not business but it's so easy to fall into the trap especially when you start getting overwhelmed of like i got to do this legal stuff i got to do this and so i'm really trying to make more of a conscious effort to slow down um during pandemic which kind of forced it too in the first few months of quarantine anyways I was actually going to ask you if there's anything you wanted to, uh, any advice you wanted to tell photographers that were, um, you know, um, 
sort of unrelated to to photography, unrelated to law, but just something to the silver lining. And mm-hmm. I think that was a good um, a good answer to a question I didn't ask yet. So yeah. I like it. <laughs> so the add on to that is one thing that I've really been trying to encourage myself and others to do is while we have time, and I use that loosely, it's really just adjusting right. of priorities right now, is finding something new. Um, and for me, I found something new personally, but I'm also, like you mentioned, I opened up a new brand, which is for lawyers, because many lawyers don't even understand intellectual property stuff. Um, and it, that way I can, I'm meeting the needs that I see, and I can start growing another brand, and it gives me just a little change of pace here. But for the most part, I'm digging in with photographers and because everything is changing so much. I mean, we've kind of slowed down a little bit in that. If y'all realize like in the beginning, was it like March when I know for us, our schools were shut down March, like on our March, spring yeah. break. And then mm-hmm. we were in like full shutdown by beginning of April. And I feel like everything was fast and the furious ever changing. And now it's kind of like slowing down a bit as far as the orders and changes that was back then is really when I saw panic and photographers. Um, So I'm hoping you guys are feeling a little bit better with your feet under you now. Right. Um, And earlier, a little while ago, you said um, that your like your the competition, your legal competition was running around with chick, you know, like with like chickens without their heads. Um, And now, even though you weren't for your business, now we're running around like chickens without heads because our kids are, know, <laughs> are at home, right? So, well, this um, morning I was like, we got to do worksheets. I'm talking with Scott. We got to do worksheets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and yesterday I was recording a call and um, my son was, was upstairs and he had a, a, a tantrum about something. And I'm like, this was a live stream actually. So there was, oh a, there was a live webinar and live on YouTube. And I'm like, sorry for my son screaming upstairs. Um, but you know, that's you know, one thing so, that I've noticed is that I feel like there's a lot more grace for that type of, um, yeah. environment now, like before when, especially with photographers, when you're trying to do calls from home, because many of home businesses, you're trying to do it and your kids or your family, your dogs, whatever's in the background, even though you try to hide like in a bathtub, which I've done many a times. And <laughs> I feel like people are more, clients are more forgiving about it now. In fact, the other yeah. day, one of my dogs went nuts in the middle of a legal client call and the client. I was really embarrassed because normally I put the dogs up and he, after I got the call, he was sending me pictures of his own dogs. And I was like, okay, that's cool. It was a good way to like connect. Not that I really wanted to be like super noisy, but yeah, (laughs) trying to roll in with it, trying to make the best of it. Yeah. Yeah. Got to do what you got to do. Um, so I, I I know, I know the answer to this, um, but not everybody knows you as well as I do. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to ask you a question that is, uh, the last question that I'm asking each guest in this series, and I feel like it's something that um, is even more important now than ever mm-hmm. because of the times that we live in. Is there something you do for health mentally, <laughs> physically, or a combination to cope with the stress that comes out of the pandemic? Um, for me, the example that I use is that I train even harder in my karate classes because it's an incredible combination of both of those things. Mm-hmm. It's mental and physical. So what do you do to cope? I, so you kind of gave it away in the intro a little bit. I compete with Team <laughs> USA for triathlons and I also do Ironman triathlons. This is like the first year I've never had a race like at all. And um, frankly, it's been kind of difficult for me to keep myself motivated. I have my own personal issues that happened at the beginning of the year, plus pandemic, plus being busy, excuses, you know, but 
it, I did find that pandemic was really weighing on me more than I realized it was. You know, it's easy for me to sit here and say silver lining, blah, blah, blah. But I've really realized, I mean, we're, we're nine months into the year and I, my mileage is so low. Like if I had to race in a few weeks, I would die. There's no way I could do it. Um, so I, it's easy. Yeah. I sit here and say, I train for triathlons, but it's been difficult because we can't use the pools. Um, I can ride my bike and run at home, but there's just no motivation there right. because every race keeps getting canceled. We don't even know what 2021 looks like. And so that's kind of like what I was mentioning, try to find new things that you could do. That's not necessarily an obligation. Um, you know, I'm also, been wanting to learn to play violin and um, nice. I think that's just for me. And so I bought a violin, asked me if I've tried it yet. No, but I made the steps. So, <laughs> which that way I have something for me because I think it's easy as business owners, especially if you're in the first few years, because I did this, uh, tr- convincing yourself and saying, well, business is for me. It's not for anyone else. But there becomes a point where even though you love it, you need something outside of business where it's not an right. obligation, especially if your family is financially dependent upon that. Um, but yeah, so long-winded answer to your question, but triathlon. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, you know, I, I'm, I've got a, I've got, um, they call it basketball knee. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, I guess it's also a runner's knee. I guess it's the same thing. And, um, in, when the pain, when the pandemic hit and we, and my karate classes went virtual, um, I have been around my in-laws, my, both my, my father-in-law, my mother-in-law and my brother-in-law. Um, on a regular basis. And both my brother-in-law and my father-in-law also are in the karate school. And um, I was on the cusp of, before the pandemic hit, on the cusp of testing for my next belt. And in our school, part of the test is fighting. And both my brother-in-law and my father-in-law are black belts. (laughs) And (laughs) I'm not. Um, And for the first time since 1974, when the school opened, um, we did a virtual test. And they let me test, and because I've been around my in-laws, um, I got to fight them in the in my test oh, as well. <laughs> um, so, and I lost, of course, but um, I, I passed the test, uh, got my belt. But, um, but to in preparation for that, I trained harder than I ever have because it's a very hard test um, what I had to go through, mm-hmm. and um, I actually did start running for the cardio aspect, and it made my knee worse. Because, but I did it anyway, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can't, I can't run anymore. It just, it hurts. It hurts. So, well, that's my um, thing. I think it is, there's a big element of just getting outside, especially since we yeah. are so shut down. I mean, I, yes. um, I had surgery a couple of weeks ago, so I can't run yet. So I've been walking, I've been like power walking and I'm about to go, you know, if the mall was open with a little, because <laughs> I'm making, my time is dropping. Like I'm competitive yeah. with that, but it's really all about getting outside getting the vitamin outside. d yep. and just having an escape from being in the four walls that can yeah. do wonders for productivity and for clear yep. mind when you're dealing with clients etc yeah walking I, even riding a bike doesn't hurt my knee if mm-hmm. you know so like i love i love doing that um throw throw one of the kids on the on the baby seat yeah. and, and just get going <laughs> um and we said we actually started doing in-person karate classes on my father-in-law's lawn and so a bunch of us have from from the school have gotten together, um, and so we're actually doing karate outside, which has been has been fun That's and from cool. a distance. But um, so before we uh, finish up, is there anything that that you want to share? Any final notes you want to share with all the photographers watching? Um, um, 
anything, anything related. Yeah, I to... think one of the things, you know, we kind of addressed at the very beginning was looking at your contract, seeing what you have. And I kind of wanted to give a quick little checklist that y'all can take and evaluate. And I'm really primarily talking about reacting to COVID situations with like cancels and reschedules, then also setting yourself up for the future when stuff happens. Um, the big things that were missing out of contracts that I saw, obviously force majeure was thrown around a lot. Um, and it is a provision of the contract that allows for either one or both parties to cancel it due to extreme events. The problem is force majeure was so limited. Um, it was only really used for a very short period of time. It probably would not necessarily be used right now situations apply depends on where you live what's going on um, having a proper cancellation and or reschedule provisions those are ones that have really been heavily used a lot during covid um, more than force majeure because force majeure may not always apply but you still want to have it controlled when your clients are rescheduling canceling or you want to cancel or reschedule um, and then also covid liability waivers these are all over and it's so funny because they're really intended for like it's an assumption of risk that I'm going to engage in a specific activity. And normally, before these unprecedented times, it was used for high-risk activities like skydiving, that kind of stuff, maybe adventure-type photography. But they're commonplace. Um, in fact, I've been interviewed on some major large networks about this because it's everywhere. It, you're basically signing it when you go to get your nails done or you go, you know, those sorts of things that you wouldn't have thought about. And it's especially true for photographers. Uh, but I think what the biggest takeaway out of those four big things is understand you still as a photographer have a responsibility to stay on top of knowing what the mandates and orders are making sure your contracts are in place uh, and making sure that you are saving on top of safety precautions as well following cdc type requirements because we want to set it up just in case you know someone tries to say my photographer gave me covid um, unless you knowingly showed up like at a wedding or did a photography session knowing you had covid um, you want to have all these other measures in place to kind of really insulate and protect yourself. Um, if you guys want more information on that, we have an entire COVID specific page at the Law Tog. But those are the big ones that you can get taken care of now for COVID, but also it'll then be in place for in the future, whenever this godforsaken pandemic ends. <laughs> awesome. Um, I'm going to make sure um, I get that link from you for that content and I'll put that in the show notes okay. um, as well. Um, so for everybody who's watching, listening, um, we had a bunch of Imagely uh, community members asking about terms and service pages. Mm -hmm. And I just want to share that uh, Rachel has agreed to write a guest post about terms and service um, uh, and terms and conditions, rather. Mm -hmm. um, so stay tuned to the Imagely blog for that. Um, I don't know when it'll be done, but when it's done, it'll be live. It'll be and I'll update the show notes with that link once that's live as well. Um, so uh, thank you, Rachel, for joining me today. I'm so glad you're able to join uh, and be a part of this mini-series, which is so important. Um, and uh, so thanks for making this mini-series even better. Yeah, um, of course. I'm happy to finally chit-chat since we've been all quarantined, no conferences, <laughs> nothing. This was great. Y'all, yeah. if you have any questions, yep. please don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, my entire team can help. I can help. And we also have our community group. So ask away. No stupid questions. We'll get you the info. Can you share the absolute best place for everybody to find more information about you and your business? Yep. So for photographers, go directly to thelawtalk.com. Everything we've talked about here is linked at the top. Our community group, we have a start here page. So if you're just starting and figuring out the legalities of business, as well as our COVID page is linked right in the menu for there. So thelawtalk.com and come dig in. We're happy to have you. Awesome. Thank you.
You can find the show notes and where to find Rachel at all the places oh. at imagely.com slash podcast slash 113. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, Google Play, and wherever you listen to the podcasts. We are also submitting to Amazon Music's podcast section um, as soon as I'm able to. The link is broken right now from Amazon, but it will be there eventually. Until next time. You've been listening to the WordPress Photography Podcast. To listen to other episodes and to subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and more, please visit imagely.com forward slash podcast.